welcome back to Kent and the Steering Team for yet another week. Uh, as always, you're joined by myself, Phil, my good mate, Bianca, and my other good mate, Drew. We're, we're here. We're back as always. Unfortunately, though, there is no Kent. Uh, Kent's off learning a language this week. Um, it's not a real one. It's not one from Earth, but uh, he's learning it. Anyway, on with the show. Team, how are we? How are we in this week that was this week? Yeah, we're good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, so obviously the last two weeks we were doing um, the recap of the first presidential debate because, uh, let me tell you, it needed it because, oh, what a farce and what a joke that was. But um, this week we were going to talk about um, shouting match, let's call it that, um, or school ground um, play, school playground argument or something like that, I guess you could call it. Um, Petty spat. Petty spat, yes, it's a good one. Um, this week, though, look, we were going to break down the um, vice president's debate, which happened last week, but instead we will we will talk about that. We're also going to talk about the big news, which was DJ's uh, old virus um, infection and uh, the fact that he, you know, he says he's doing really well. I... Well, we'll see. It normally takes a couple of weeks to really kick in, and he's already struggled to breathe on camera once. Let's see what happens in the next week or so. But um, we're going to talk about that, old mate Trump's um, infection. Uh, and uh, there was another topic we're going to talk about. Oh, yes, we've got our sick hint of the week as well after that, which is a fitting one. So stay tuned for that. But otherwise, this is this episode of the show. Let's get into it, team. What do you think? I think we're all gone home and set up. <laughs> 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 that's all yep. i got i'm i'm yeah it's a thursday i don't do well on thursdays that's fine it's the best day to record the show because it's the day that we're all we're all just slightly off so it's perfect yeah, that's um true. uh no but look we're going to start with the vp debate we'll get into the rona and drumpf in a moment but um we'll start with the vp debate the reason we'll start with the vp debate is because it's um, well, it's what we said we'd talk about on this episode, but also it may be the last VP or last debate um, of this campaign, um, basically because of Trump's virus. So therefore, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a moment. But um, which for, for yeah, the people who this may don't be the last really one. know what happens in the American elections, because I didn't quite understand it. There's the presidential debate, debate then there's the VP debate. And then, because you're electing people in your state as well, like you have to elect mm. your electoral college. So there's the local debates, which all go off at the same time. And only a few of them are important to the entire country. Like Florida is important because Florida has like a contesting seat. If it's like a mm -hmm. swing vote at the moment or something. And there's another one in Texas, I think it is. Um, so a couple mm -hmm. of those debates are kind of important. So they'll get some national coverage. And then there's usually the last presidential debate. So president, VP, all the states, president again. And the states are still having their elections, not all of them. So a lot of them are having a, a Zoom meeting style now. Um, but... Mm. The presidential one is well, it looks like it's cancelled well what was meant to happen i, I look at honestly I, I'll, I'll be honest i haven't kept up with it it was either last night or it's next week i think it may have been last night 
was when the next presidential debate was supposed to happen. Otherwise, it's next week. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but anyway, the, the, the point being was that's when it was supposed to be, and obviously with Trump's um, very convenient Rona um, infection. Now, a lot of people are... Look, a lot of people on one side of politics love having very, very outlandish kind of, um, uh, I guess, extremist or clutching at straws style um, conspiracy theories. Who knows? I guess if if the left side of politics is to have a conspiracy theory, I guess you could say that Trump faked his his infection so that way he didn't have to do the next debate because let's face it he was a laughing stock in the last one um <laughs> but uh, essentially because he of the virus it meant that they were going to have to do um virtual debate as in um over zoom essentially but um trump has flat out refused to do that on the basis that they'll assume that biden's probably going to cheat somehow despite the fact that it's probably more likely if we look at the the um ethics of both politicians it's probably more likely trump that will cheat but somehow He's convinced that the other let's, person will cheat. Let's be honest, he's probably um, just scared that he was going to get muted. Yeah, that too. You, you're absolutely right. There's probably a lot of that as well. Um, but essentially, the, the next debate has been cancelled and replaced with... Um, it was supposed to be because we all assumed then that Trump was just too unwell to do it, um, or he was too afraid to show up, so what's the point of in having him um, involved? Um, it was going to be just a town hall meeting, which, uh, if you're not aware, is in the US. They basically... Um, they get... On one of the TV networks, they'll get a, a politician in, um, usually a candidate of some kind, um, and in this case, presidential candidate, um, into a room full of people. I know um, COVID-19, um, considering they're still doing it, but uh, into a room and basically they'll have people from both sides, both um, uncertain on who they'll vote for, Trump supporters and then Biden supporters, into a room um, to ask questions um, and the candidate then has to answer the questions up there on stage on every uh, to, to to everyone in the room, and it's also televised around um, the nation, um, and that's what was going to happen on ABC in the US. However, um, there is now since been a call to boycott NBC because NBC now have now scheduled on the exact same night at the exact same time a town hall meeting for Trump, which is completely ridiculous because the whole reason why um, Biden was doing this town hall meeting was because Trump said he wasn't available to do any sort of thing like this on the basis of um, he, he didn't want to do anything virtually, and yet here he is basically doing something virtually. So I, I don't know what you want to make of it. Um, I just think that it's Trump being a scared little pussycat um, or a dickhead. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but something along those lines. Stops. Exactly. Um, but no, the VP debate, the VP debate, VP debate. See, it's not as interesting as the presidential debate or the presidential candidates, so therefore we already off topic but no the vp well, debate the vp debate if trump hadn't been elected mm. the vp debate would have been the president candidate presidential candidates i have to say let's say trump didn't get elected mm. let's say we're back to 2016 now uh trump didn't even run we're looking at a normal year pence versus Harris would have probably been a bit more normal. Like that's taking us pre-Trump era. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean... Presidential debates weren't as interesting back then because people actually played by some sort of etiquette and rules. Now, now it's interesting. See, I was was fortunate enough to be in the US um, on the lead up to the last election. Um, I remember I was in Vegas, actually, and I, I, I think I was... 
was like the day before I was leaving Vegas, there was the um, presidential debate between Clinton and Trump, and what was interesting was that so that was it wasn't the first debate that I'd watched, but it was kind of the it's the precedent that Trump sent uh, set in terms of what a presidential debate um, would become, um, in the sense that it became pathetic and awful and childish and that's when trump started doing all the shouting over other people kind of thing um and this year he's taken it to another level he's kind of gone how can i outdo myself from last time how can i make myself look stupider and worse and less appealing and somehow he did it in all those facets which is incredible um (laughs) but uh you know that is that that was the last yeah, well, I mean, for Trump, basically, to look a bit like a bigger child is an accomplishment for him. Because um, somehow he, he outdid himself. Um, but so, you're you're right. A normal presidential debate would be much more um, sterile. In, yeah, subdued and sterile. However, I think much better. I, I, I'm disappointed that the debate was as chaotic as it was. And fortunately, the, the vice presidential debate um, was more sensible. Um I think it had to happen. I think that despite the fact that I have absolutely no interest in Pence as a human being whatsoever, because I just completely disagree with um, his moral compass in every way. Um, But I still appreciate the fact that he's probably more... um, He's a better public speaker in the sense that he understands how to do it. Whereas Trump, it's like he learned how to do it by listening to... You know, when you're listening to the radio and you just kind of like quickly turn the dial and you just get like snippets of like songs and different songs at different kind of voice levels and, you know, scrambled bits of just random lines. That's Trump. Yep. Or just, you know, very, very completely, like completely garbled nonsense that comes out of his mouth, basically. Um, you know, um, so, in yeah. Transformers movie, how Bumblebee mm-hmm. talks? That's yes. Trump, basically. How it's, <laughs> how it's a sentence, but it's just got the completely wrong like he's trying because he's using the radio and it's just mm. like random songs and then random shouting and then random and noises that's trump speaking yeah and the tones at one level then suddenly the tone dips back and then the tones at another level and then it's a different you know that kind of thing that's basically Donald trump um but the vp debate the vp debate was interesting um obviously more boring compared to the presidential one but more interesting because they they debated essentially they didn't just have a shouting match or an argument they debated which was i think the whole point um they didn't debate about the questions that the moderator asked though i think on most points yeah on most points they kind of just debated on their own uh topics i guess um yeah you know it it, there was a question and i i he mm. So I, I can't remember, I can't find the exact question. I'm flicking through the um, transcript now, but mm-hmm. I remember watching it and the question was about, I think it was about veterans mm-hmm. and all that. And then Pence just started talking about abortion mm. and it was just like, what? Like, it was like he had in his head, like weirdly in his head, he had he thought that the script was going to be this thing. And this is what he thought. This is the order that he thought the questions were going to be in. And then mm-hmm. Susan Page, who was the moderator and who did a quite quite a good job, I have to say, I think. Um, Susan Page was the moderator and she asked the questions in the wrong order and Mike Pence was just 
nope, I'm going to talk about abortion because that's the way I remembered it. That's what we're talking about now. Yeah. And it's just it, like, okay. It was, it was absolutely, it was absolutely like that. I mean, there were, there were, there were several questions that were, um, or even, even what was, I think, disappoint, not disappointing because I understand why the moderator did it, but because the candidates chose to talk off point so much, it got to moments where they would talk about an important issue and the moderator would be like, nope, I'm not going to have a follow-up question to the question or to what you're talking about it. I'm going to stick to basically my list of questions here and we're going to move on from whatever you were talking about. And I think that that was kind of in some ways a missed opportunity, but I totally respect that as well because she was trying to stay in control of the situation. Um, there were several questions that they chose to not talk about. For example, Biden's age, Trump's um, illness, um, and and the very real situation of what would happen if they became president should the president become inca incapacitated um uh, pence chose to ignore um a question on how the trump pence administration would protect pre-existing conditions because basically the affordable care act um has a very real chance of being um smacked down in the uh supreme court especially if we get a new scotus um you know, there, there are several moments where they just they just spoke purely about what they wanted to talk about. And yes, it was more respectful and was in a more debate style. But I am almost annoyed with how off -topic almost they got? not 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 off topic, but how how much of politicians they were in the sense that um, you know that politician answer where they basically have a script and they'll make any question asked to them fit their answer which is kind of annoying like it's like i want you to answer this question because this is critical and and especially in the setting of a debate i think that it was incorrect to do that kind of thing and that's always the best part about about a debate is that you're kind of forced into answering the real questions it's probably the only time that it, that the audience get to see non-political answers which we're, we all expect um and we didn't get that which i think was annoying well it's funny you mentioned the um affordable care act because that's the question that but uh, Pence answered the abortion mm. thing too. So the question was, um, Vice President Pence, you mentioned earlier that the president was committed to maintaining protections for the people with pre-existing conditions, but you do have this court case that you're supporting. Your administration supporting that would strike down the Affordable Care Act. The president says, uh, President Trump says that he's going to protect people with pre-existing conditions but he's not explained how he would do that. Um, so, if the affordable, so tell us specifically how your administration would protect Americans with pre-existing conditions to have access to affordable insurance if the Affordable Care Act is struck down. That was the question. Mike Pence's answer. Well, thank you, Susan. But let me just say, addressing your very first question. I wouldn't be more. I couldn't be more proud to serve as vice president to a president who stands without apology for the sanctity of human life. I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for it. And this is another one of those cases where there's such a dramatic contrast. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris support taxpayer funding funding of abortion all the way up to the moment of birth, late-term abortion, if they want to increase funding for to Planned Parenthood of America. Like that wasn't the question, Pence. No, no, he and, just, and I think he on goes the, the topic on for of abortion, a while. on the and topic he... of 
Mm-hmm. So, sorry, he just he never mentions the pre-existing conditions. He never uh, mentions the uh, Affordable Care Act. And when he's ac- accused of avoiding the question, he goes, or like refusing to answer the question, he goes, no, you've refused to answer the question to Kamala Harris. Joe Biden has refused to answer the question and it's just like, no, you, you, you didn't even refute. You just avoided the question. Mm. Mm. Sorry, exactly. you were saying on the topic it's... of abortion? No, no, the topic of abortion. I just, um, Pete, if you haven't seen a Pete Buttigieg, um, who was the mayor of, I'm not too sure, mayor of, I think, Indianapolis, perhaps? I don't know, he was a mayor of a town in, in, um, in fact, in Pence's state um, of Indiana, um, was running for presidency as well as a Democratic candidate um, and he didn't win it um, but has been absolutely golden for the democrats this week he um uh, i think just after the vp debate they asked um fox news in fact asked him um what he thought about um kamala harris disagreeing with with um or having a, a conflict of, of morals i guess um with biden on certain issues certain kind of mundane just kind of political issues that actually don't really count for much um, and then uh, Buttigieg re- um, basically retorted with, yeah, well, you know, I think the real issue is how on earth can, you know, someone whose fundamental beliefs and everything like Mike Pence and his religion um, can actually support someone like Donald Trump who, you know, paid a sex worker to stay quiet, essentially, you know, <laughs> with a pregnant wife at home. That. Yeah, so basically just, and, and Fox <laughs> News then chose to just completely, how should I say this? move on from that point and talk about something completely irrelevant. Um, I saw and his then also, comment on abortion. Well, I was going to say that was the other point I was going to bring up is the fact that Pete... No, well, Pete Buttigieg fantastically responded to basically well, Chris Wallace, in fact, the moderator from the first debate um, on the issue of, um, of abortion. Um, with Particularly late-term abortion, because the, pro- the problem currently is in a lot of states well actually a lot of the countries around the world that have abortion as legal is where do you draw the line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah like what when is too late in the pregnancy mm. to cause say abortion but there's always been a case for medical abortion in mm. the third trimester and, and i think and i think that um unfortunately for a lot of people it seems to be, unfortunately, religion getting in the way of, of being able to make appropriate answers. There's not a not a separation of church and state, which the American Constitution is founded on, but somehow certain religious groups have extremist religion groups um, within Christianity and Catholicism and Protestant, etc., um, have taken it and run with it as if, no, there's actually no separation. In fact, they are linked together. Um, I would like to think that the presidential nominee for the SCOTUS, um, Supreme Court nominee Barrett. Um, she actually is one of those people that doesn't believe that there should be a separation between the two, despite the fact that the Constitution is literally written that there is. But anyway, I think that everyone should go and look at what um, Pete Buttigieg has said in the last week and a half or so. But um, back to the debate itself. Um, it's. Uh, I think that one of the best points as well was um, Harris actually Kamala Harris actually shut down Pence like we saw in the last um, debate, the presidential one, where there was a lot of shouting over each other, and they couldn't make the other one stop, and instead Biden either kind of tripped up and stumbled and fell apart in his sentence and, and lost kind of any credibility to his or uh, impact with what he was saying. Um, instead, 
Harris refused to move on until Mike Pence basically shut up and in a very kind of commanding way just said as soon as uh, Mike Pence started talking over her, turned around and said, Mr. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, a little bit like a parent, you know, when, when you're a teacher talking over a student, basically stopped everything she was saying. Yeah, and Pence had nothing to do but go quiet and stand there quietly and look a bit sheepish because what else are you meant to do in that situation? Like, there's a lesson for Biden. Do that. Don't continue what you're saying in the sense of if you're not able to push on, get the other person to stop. And she did. She did a remarkable job of getting Pence to stop. But not to um, not to sound too girly, but that's literally something girls are taught to do. That's something girls are taught to do when they're in like office situations. That's I one of my uh, marketing like mentors kind of in one of my first jobs mm-hmm. uh, was this woman, and I just said to her once, I'm like, every time I try and get an idea out, all the guys start talking to me like talking over me Mm. and just like interrupting me and I can't stop it. It's just something men do to women a lot and it's quite annoying. And she was like, you just have to stop and be like, ask them, sorry, I was saying something, could I finish? Mm. And you have to keep doing it over and over until they do. Now it's interesting, Bianca, how much it puts people in their place when that happens. Like it really does, to be called out for being a dick or, or for talking over someone else, you you become so self-aware and almost you feel slightly guilty. It doesn't matter who it is, but you feel kind of responsible for it like, or a bit like silly. So no doubt Pence felt like that, especially on a stage with an audience as large as that. So That was a giant was stage to be called out mm. on. Yeah, and I thought, <clears throat> I thought it was really powerful that she did that. So, yeah, credit to her. That was fantastic. Um, the last point I have on the debate, you guys are more than welcome to, to add anything if you want to, but my last point is... The fly. <laughs> I, think, um, I, I think that we had a, up until this point, potential win for Sick End of the Week this week for this fly. Um, you'll find out more about that later on, though. But but the fly, I think, was in with a good shot because, man, what an appearance that fly made. That, that fly made it big. National television in that sort of impact. If you don't know what I'm talking about, um, basically, you know how flies are attracted, attracted to shit or bullshit? <laughs> Guess where the fly landed? Guess where that fly landed? Boom! Smack bang right on Mike Pence's head. And guess who didn't know there was a fly there for the longest time? Mike Pence. <laughs> I love how um, Kamala Harris came out and was like, she did notice the fly, but she just didn't say anything. She was just like, I'm just <laughs> going to sit I just started giggling to get us. <laughs> I, Everyone, it was trending on Twitter. So I wasn't, I didn't know the VP debates were on. And then I just jumped onto Twitter and I just saw the fly. And then I watched them from the beginning and I was like, this is fucking hilarious. This that was pretty special. Let's be honest. <laughs> like, come on. The fly funny. landing on. I mean, again, even if you didn't see the debate, no doubt you've seen a screenshot or something of that fly. That, that black dot on his hair. <laughs> the, the, the U.S. Senator for Kentucky oh, tweeted out during the debate, which I thought was funny. The deep mm. state planted a bug on the VP. The illegal spying is really out of control. Because you know how they always <laughs> mention that they're spying? Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought but that yeah, was pretty special. So basically the fly was on Vice President Head for over two minutes. Um, and, and essentially people around the world were transfixed, took to social media, whatever, by this 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 bloody fly. Um 
on 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 Pence's <laughs> head. Um, also, yeah. right? I mean, not even like it wasn't even like two or three hours after the debate finished. Mm. Biden put up a fly swatter. Yeah, on, and it sold out. <laughs> yeah, on his as his campaign, one of his things, and it's a fly swatter that says "Truth Over Flies." And yeah, sold out online for his campaign. Um, I appreciate this. 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 Um, I was just reading a kind of like a summary by NPR.org. Um, I appreciate this line here. It says, "Enormous attention was given to health precautions, ventilation systems, and testing of attendees at the debate site, but the appearance of one insect was a scenario no one prepared for, and it was hard to ignore." <laughs> it's true. Oh dear. So the fly. Um, I think what's unfortunate is that the I think what's unfortunate is that the fly didn't appear at the presidential debate because it would have been. In fact, I think it's fortunate it didn't because it had it been at the presidential debate, it would have been completely ignored and overlooked by all the other theatrics that were going on. But because it was at the VP debate where it was taken a lot more seriously and it was um, um, a lot more professional, the humorous point of a fly landing on someone's head and them not being aware of it was. Yeah, it, it was. Also, uh, Trump moves around way too much. The fly would have gone away. Like, Pence looked True. like a scarecrow up there. He was just—he was so monotone. He looked like—he looked like Lurch from the Adams Family. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did so. I haven't bad. even watched the damn thing, but every every picture I've seen of him is just him standing there creeping over the stage. Also, uh, have you seen the photos of the, the protective screen that they put in between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence? No. So COVID wouldn't spread? Because the big glass screen. Basically, so this is a bit of a transition conversation, but basically Trump was a super spreader. Mm-hmm. There was one, there was one, uh, was it press conference or whatever, like something on his presidential trail that had mm-hmm. all of these people in it, and basically everybody who was up on that stage got infected with COVID. They were oh, sure. The, the White House. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone in there Go was on. infected with COVID. And he no, he held like a certain party or something. I can't remember what it was. Mm. I'll, I'll find it out. But um, yeah, they, he basically became a super spreader. This this is like one of those you know those parties you hear about where like one person shows up and everyone leaves with COVID. This was it. And Mike Pence was there, so they weren't sure. Yeah, pretty much. They weren't sure if Mike Pence had COVID or not. They kept testing him, but, like, just they didn't know. So they put up this screen, but the screen was shit. It basically was, like, the equivalent of a drive through window. And, like, there was someone who pointed out, like, Air travels upwards. Like if if they had mm. just tilted their heads up a meter, the window would have been that weird glass thing would have been like useless. So- well, well, it was. It's the screens are basically like the ones at the bank. You know the bank where like between the not the cubicle, but when you're talking to the bank teller and it's got the little half glass screens either side of you, just so yep. you know. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it was that. <laughs> it's just one of those. <laughs> they just popped down the local bank and went, "We'll have that for the day." <laughs> They were like, so, I guess someone, you know. someone was like, I got an idea. I used to work at NAB. <laughs> like, if you could yeah. just slip your COVID under the under the glass screen, that'd be great. <laughs> um, 
now, obviously, I guess speaking of COVID, Donald Trump, as as Bianca said, um, yeah, he's a super spreader because he had it, and so he was in Walter Reed Hospital. Um, uh, I guess the week, the weekend after the debate, so you know, very quickly, it all came on very quickly. Um, he was given a cocktail of um, drugs, essentially. Um, and uh, what I think is quite interesting is is a lot of the fallout as a result of of Trump having COVID. Um, in the sense of, so, Boris Johnson over here, when he got um, diagnosed with COVID, he, he took it um, seriously. I mean, he was in intensive care and he took it quite seriously when he was out um, for a short while. And now then he started slashing um, funding to the NHS over here, the National Health Service over here. So, um, you know, he took it seriously for about as long as a politician can remember anything. You know, politicians have goldfish brains. They basically don't remember anything of importance. Um until someone waves a check in front of their face and they go, ooh, gimme, 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 and then they get swayed and go against anything that they stand for or stood for. Um, so, but at least Boris Johnson took it seriously for a little bit of time. Um, what's interesting is Trump, even though he had COVID, it's almost like his, his ego is so... It's almost like if he didn't have an ego in there, he his skeleton wouldn't be strong enough to stand up. Um he stands on an ego alone and and the fact that his ego is so strong that it told him to tell everyone don't worry about covid you'll be perfectly fine without having any sort of reasonable understanding of the fact that one he is the president of the united states and therefore has the best best health care of anyone on the planet um two the drugs that he has access to would cost someone their entire life and in fact their children's lives and their children's children's lives to pay back, um, so therefore it's something that they can't just casually walk down to the you know the pharmacy and grab themselves some of what he got and that cocktail that he got. Three, no one had the attention or care that he had. Four, no one has a helicopter that they can just fly to the nearest you know spe- specialized hospital specific for them alone. No one else has that. But somehow Trump still told everyone, ah, "Don't worry about COVID. Don't let it control your lives." I think he was trying to be like, was it Roosevelt that gave the, the um, the speech about World War Two, and you know we can't fear what you know, um, there's the, we, well, something about fear and, and not fearing fear itself or something like that. I can't actually remember the quote. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. The point is that Trump thought he was going to be, you know, a wartime president here and give like a great speech to the nation. Fortunately, he tweeted it, and not only did he tweet it, but it just made complete nonsense basically it was just garbage and such a waste of time because let's be honest everyone else has to fear it because no one has the capability of getting the same sort of health care that he did but somehow his trump supporters his fans are so stupid i mean well, i mean i guess that's why they're his fans so stupid that they're like you know what he's right if i get sick with covid all i have to do is get on my helicopter that i don't have get the health care service that i don't have and won't have access to and pay for it with the money that, that i don't have or will ever have that he's defunding Another fun bit of Trump's um, basic, basically his his um, diagnosis or his infection is that Trump himself is no longer able to qualify for the healthcare service in which he is trying to campaign for because he'll have a pre-existing condition in COVID-19. So that's interesting, isn't it? Trump is not qualified to get his own healthcare service that he's well, expecting the rest of America to sign up for. But he's president. (laughs) Yeah, he's president. He's always going to have... 
Yeah, yeah but it doesn't. Be able but to it, pay for his healthcare because of, he doesn't pay for his taxes. Um, of yeah, that's true. Yeah, of course. But um, no, the thing that I was reading was um, there's a medical professional called Doctor Mike, and he mm-hmm. does like YouTube videos, and basically he just started out doing like watching mm-hmm. doctor TV shows and just being like, this is real. Oh yeah. I've seen, I've seen this kind guy. of thing. Yep. Yeah. I like that guy, but he does other videos about like health stuff. And, and what he was trying to, what he was explaining was like, it is a very serious condition. He doesn't appreciate people who, you know, thank God Trump is sick, whatever. He's like, I'm not comment on mm. politics, but that's pretty shit, which is fair. Like, it, I mean, no one wants anyone else to die kind of thing. Well, I like think it would be, I, I don't wish for death for Trump, but I think it would be quite good in terms of a wake-up call for a lot of people. I think if it's the idea of sacrificing one to make a difference for everyone else. Probably would have been. But he was saying, like, he couldn't understand what happened with the medical reports that the doctors uh, released. Mm-hmm. But from what he could gather is that Trump <laughs> went in there with the beginnings of COVID because he had tested a lot because mm-hmm. of his presidential status. He went in with the beginnings of COVID and they chucked everything they could at him. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you go in with the beginning stages of COVID and one of our mates had COVID and kind mm-hmm. of know what from what he happened, they were just basically like, rest up, take it easy. If mm. you can't breathe, come in. Yeah. Um, he went in the biggest beginnings of stages of COVID and they treated him like he had the last stage. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like they mm. threw every medical thing at him and treated him with the best of care that they usually reserve for people who are about on death's door. Mm-hmm. So of course he was going to get better. Yeah, like it's, I, I... <laughs> it's... Sorry, he Jim. doesn't have a fair comparison to make. So when he, he doesn't have a fair comparison. So when he goes off um, in his dinky little tweets talking about how America has the best healthcare, look how well I'm doing. If we just fight this together with our amazing healthcare system, we could all be so good. Mm-hmm. But it's just rubbish. It's, it, it, what's what's annoying is that he's almost seeing himself, which is the exception to the rule, as the rule. And that's completely... That, that is the president, I think. But I'm wondering if he thinks everyone's getting treated the way he's Yeah, he does. He, no, but he does he, because he he's does. so disconnected he from reality. He's so disconnected from reality that he thinks oh. that this is reality. He's so... He lives such a rich lifestyle where he literally takes a shit on a golden throne that he, he doesn't realise this isn't how everyone else lives and thinks that there's so few that are not like him... Um, in terms of, he thinks that he's the best because he has the most money in the world, even though he's in debt by a significant amount. But somehow he thinks that he's the best. Um, but he he's so convinced that everyone else is living some form of lifestyle lifestyle similar to his that it's well, impossible that honest, anyone would be poor. He must have some actual realization of how much money he has. Like I'm not mm. talking about like when I when I say how much money I have, I look at how much money I actually physically have. Versus mm. how much debt I'm in. And then mm. I like do a comparative trade-off. So I'm pretty far in debt. I have an mm. okay life. But I have an okay life because I have a lovely family who 
support me mm. and don't make me pay that much rent. Um, <laughs> so, yay. But he <laughs> must look at his life and look at all the money he doesn't have and be like, look at me, I'm living in luxury. Look, it's, you know, it's a very nice house that I'm living in. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. And think everyone must be able to be able to do this. Like, this. look at how easy it is. I have absolutely fuck all in dollars. <laughs> yeah. I, I reckon, Bianca, though, I reckon if you, if he looks at the amount that he's in debt, he probably just puts his, he does this really interesting um, kind of, like, financial trick. He probably gets his thumb and puts it over the minus little symbol there and goes, fuck yeah, look how much money I've got. Honestly, I think that's also, probably Also moves um, the decimal place down a yeah, bit. Yeah, move the decimal, you know, do whatever, do whatever you do. Move the comma a little bit further along. Yeah, it's easy, no problem. Um, that's probably what he does. So let's be honest, he's probably... And you know how, like, <clears throat> after the mm. decimal points, if zeros are infinite? Mm. Yeah, he just keeps adding those zeros on. He's like, moving look at the these de- zeros. decimal points. My look at my number. My number's got like fourteen thousand zeros in it. Yeah, but where's the decimal? Oh, it's after the fourth number, but doesn't matter. Lots of zeros. Yeah, it's, <laughs> look at uh, all the zeros. <laughs> it counts. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know, but but uh, I I don't understand what what's wrong with him. I think a lot of people, um, or I know a lot of people, had a lot of issue with um, when he got into the car with the Secret Service to take the the lap around the hospital to wave to all the adoring fans. Move. Um, but that basically was such infecting a, everyone in there. Well, that was such a look at me. I'm fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, COVID's, he's trying to convince people that COVID is nothing. And I'm not saying that it's, it's not terrible for everyone. <laughs> but the problem is, one, so far we're looking at people have incredible lung damage from it, which means it's a lifelong mm-hmm. thing. Um, Two, the people who have not, you know, actually gone past it, they're dead. There's a great mm-hmm. number of people who are actually dead from this disease that we've never seen before. We've seen similar we've seen similar cases, but we've never seen this strain of disease before. He's treating it yes, maybe he's one of the lucky few who came past. Again, I say the fact that he got every possible medical means that could help him thrown at him. Mm. But, you know, he, he survived and he's treating it like he's, you know, like it was a walk in the park. It's not a walk in the park for everyone. Some people have cancer, like don't have to get chemo. They have to go in, you know, people who have skin cancer where it's Mm. just a tag, they go into the doctors, they cut it out and they leave and they never have to hear about that cancer again. It was just a cancerous mole on the top of their skin. That is not the same as someone who gets cancer <laughs> of the liver and has to be on a waiting list for a transplant and go through very intensive chemo. If they're both cancer, but it's not the same. Again, he, he, has to, he, yeah. thinks he's the, he thinks that as the exception to the rule that he is now the rule because he is who he is and he's delusional, he's an idiot. I thought was what was interesting, what was very satisfying to see was when he was released from hospital, I don't know if you've seen the footage, of him standing on the steps of the White House, and man, was he struggling to take those breaths. Whoa, he was really kind of laboured in trying to look strong. Well, he never does. He always looks like a weak, fat piece of shit, but, you know, struggling to breathe there, and he, yeah, he looked like he was in a lot of trouble. Now, um, was it because of COVID, or was it because he had to climb stairs? That's what I want. That's to true. There were about six steps, so I think that would have <laughs> knackered him, so you're right. Um... 
Look, uh, uh, COVID, he's either somehow completely come through this. Again, one way of doing that would be to have the greatest, you know, health service or healthcare available to any human on this planet with basically an open checkbook of, um, of funds to cover it, not paid by his own taxes, as we all know. But, um, you know, that's one way of doing it. Um, the other way, I guess, would be... Um, I don't know. He, he somehow has come through this. But he he thinks that he is the, the, um, the rule on this, which is completely false. But who knows? Some people, though... Um, I can't remember. I can't remember their name. I think we spoke about it on the show, and we, I can't remember the name. But um, that gentleman who came to a Trump rally um, said COVID is bullshit. Got COVID three weeks later, looked like he was much better, and then died straight after that. So, so looked like he was getting much better and then died. Um, <clears throat> Trump seems to be on a lot of steroids at the moment as well, and seems to be in total delusion land more so than what he normally is, um, based on what he's saying and, and his tweets and rambles and stuff like that. He just seems totally delusional. Um, he's still coughing and struggling to breathe in certain interviews that he does. Not always looking as bad as he has, but, um, yeah, it looks pretty bad. But he keeps sprouting on about how he, he feels like the, the best he's ever felt in, in 20 years. And he's in, he's like Superman and stuff I like mean, that. if I was he's on that many apart. drugs, I'd probably feel the best I've ever felt in 20 years as well. Like- exactly. I don't think, I, again, he doesn't seem to understand the circumstances. It seems to me like he, it's almost like someone's gone, okay, you are perfectly relatively healthy for who you are you don't have covid or anything like that you don't have any of that you are just a normal guy what i'm going to do is give you all the drugs in the world and pump your body full of them and you're going to feel incredible for a little while while you're on these drugs okay but let me tell you it's the drugs that are doing this and trump's going to go okay no problem do it and i'll do the you know, give him the drugs and it'll turn around and be like oh my god i can't believe how healthy i am i've never felt this good i'm such a healthy person it's all me I'm just so healthy. This is incredible. Why am I so healthy? This is amazing. I have no idea why I'd be feeling this healthy other than, I guess, I'm just an incredible person. Like, he would totally own um, or take responsibility for something that is in no way his responsibility um, or his doing, basically, like his entire presidency besides all the failings. Um, So it's interesting. Look, um, we've seen in some cases some people just get over it. Um, Some people have it for a bit. It goes away. It comes back. Um, some people have it for a bit, it goes away, it comes back and it kills them. Um, and who knows, who knows what will happen, but all we know is that Trump's really, really spreading misinformation. And in fact, I I was reading an article last night talking about the fact that the misinformation on COVID and many other health issues in the U S interestingly, surprise, surprise, are not coming through misinformation on social media or as a result of social media, but in fact, as a result of the president themselves. I think in the whole part where he, whenever he talks about something and says, some people say, and then talks absolute bullshit, um, when in fact no one says that but him, and therefore he makes other people say, um, using him as a source, to which he then can then take no responsibility for by saying, no, no, I didn't say it, I heard someone else say it, even though it started with him. Um, I don't know who says it. Other people say it. Yeah, other people say it. It's not me saying it. I just said what other people There's always the open palms facing whenever he says that. (laughs) Yeah, when he just looks a bit sheepish and stupid and ignorant. But uh, who knows? Um, I think what else is interesting is that Trump... I think it's rather... uh, It's almost confusing, um, the idea that Trump didn't take bleach or inject bleach into his body to try and cure himself (laughs) from this. I know that he... 
No one I, I offered know. Trump a vial of bleach, which is quite saddening if you think about well, it. He, like, that, that was Trump, the that, that, perfect that, opportunity. That was said sarcastically. Again, but again, to, to that point, and I, I know we spoke about it during the debate as well, <laughs> is that idea that he said that that's exactly the way to do it. Then he said he I, never said that he said that. Then he said, no, it was fake news. I didn't say that. Then he said, I um, I heard it from someone else, but I never said it. And then we get to the debate and he goes, no, I said it sarcastically. So wait, so you did say it, Donald? You fucking idiot can't even stick to a lie properly. I, um, I just want to wrap something up because like, we were talking about the NHS and we are talking about uh, the Affordable Care Act and Donald Trump in hospital. Mm-hmm. And I just want to compare it to Australian Medicare because that's possibly in danger at the moment in Australia. The way of course, it is because Australia wants to become Americanized because the Liberal Party is in power. They want to become Americanized. They love capitalism and this bullshit system of not a single bit of socialism in any sort of. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all good. I was going to let you rant there, but like, so I. <laughs> I have been to hospital in Australia and I've been to hospital in Greece and in Singapore. Those are my three hospital experiences. Singapore, I don't really remember because I was really little. Uh, Greece, I was just there because I just needed stitches. I ripped open my foot. And then um, Australia, I live here. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I've also got friends who uh, are American, have gone to hospitals in America and have comparatively gone to hospitals here. Um, also I've seen what the healthcare system's like in the UK. Now from Mm -hmm. those three places, Australia, no, we do not have the most amazing hospitals in the world. We're not like cutting edge frontier, um, anything like that. We have a couple that are pretty good. I think the one up in Mm -hmm. Macquarie because it's a training, it's a teaching hospital and it's also a, um, It, it it's a research hospital as well. So they have pretty good uh, systems, like uh, uh, equipment and all that. And then the one in North Shore, because it's a public hospital, but it's for rich folks. So they've got actually, they've probably got one of the best waiting times I've ever had. They, they promise you to be checked out in two hours when you re- get into the emergency. Mm-hmm. So from the time you check in, you'll check out in two hours unless you need to be like taken back. So it's like great. And you can get the full run of tests in two hours. Um, RPA is like pretty standard, but it's a good hospital. But from what I've heard about American hospitals, their version of public hospitals is our version of like rural hospitals. And our version of public hospitals is their version of private but not elite hospitals. Their elite hospitals are next level. Like, you can get elite hospitals for, like, like they're basically, like, souped-up hotel rooms with medical Mm. equipment in them. And they're really, really expensive. And they're for, like, princes and the the most rich people you could think of in the world. They're pretty amazing. But the fact that our public hospitals are at the probably around the same level of healthcare and like access to testing and all that as one of their standard private hospitals 
I found amazing to hear. Like, that's pretty cool. We have a pretty good, mm. like, we don't have the best. I'm not saying I will never kiss Australia's ass on the fact that we probably don't have the best hospitals in the world. But the fact that everyone can receive pretty much a decent standard of care. And we don't pay. Like, I've been to hospital a few times in my life. I, I've, I have ovarian cysts that like to burst all the time and they don't feel any different to when your appendix bursts. So I get really scared. Um, so every time I land in the hospital for one of those, I've never paid a cent mm. ever. I, I've received ultrasounds. I've received uh, CAT scans. I've received x-rays. I've received a whole host of drugs. Um, been in an ambulance once, uh, had an MRI and it wasn't until like I was older and I realized how much Americans are in debt for healthcare that I was like, wow, we have a really great system in Australia because we have mm. a very good standard of care for everything we receive. Mm. And the fact that our government is trying to rip that down and the fact that in America they don't even have access to that and they're supposed to be the land of the free and the land of opportunity and all that, I don't get it. Like I really, and, and and the other thing is like, there's people who like Ben Shapiro, who I absolutely hate, who's mm -hmm. an American right wing commentator. Um, he's like, oh, if we didn't have all of these things, if we didn't, if we didn't have to pay for our medicine, if we didn't pay for medicine, if we had the Affordable Care Act and Medicare, like all these other countries, you know, the system would fail. We would not be able to pay our doctors. We would not be able to on the cutting edge of research. Macquarie University. Um, their hospital is one of the leading researchers for medicine in the world. And there's one in Melbourne that I can't remember their name. Um, there's another hospital in Melbourne. They're like cutting edge on the brink of everything. They were one of the first to come up with a, the one in Melbourne was the one, one of the first in the world to come up with a trial for COVID. Um, I don't know how it's going. I haven't checked, but they were one of the first on the edge of that, along with one of wasn't the Australia, places. Wasn't Australia um, involved in the, the discovery of the cure for, or the, the, the um, I don't know, the, the cure for ovarian cancer? Yes, yes, they were. I think that was... Melbourne. I think that wasn't... Yeah, it could have been. I think they had help with someone from up in Queensland from memory. Um, the, Bianca, the I think what's... what's 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 interesting though that we need to um, point out though is that the people like Ben Shapiro and 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 um, again right wing commentators in the US um, primarily or, or capitalist um, in favor of capitalism um, or the old system um, which still exists uh, they don't understand that um, they're wrong um, and that the system wouldn't fail I think they're just so afraid of it failing or of them missing out on basically taking advantage of a lot of poor people because they're so afraid of this idea of some of their uber wealth being leveled out or um, providing any form of help to anyone else. Yeah, they're afraid. They're just scared little children. A bit like Donald Trump. Scared little children. Ben Shapiro, scared little children. But That's even the in issue, Australia, they're the afraid because, like, look at countries like, um, well, Netherlands, for one, where they mm. threw all of their... Like, even in Australia, like, there's certain things that we're not completely covered for, mm -hmm. um, like IVF, um, certain parts of 
uh, childbirth and like all that. Like I think my sister-in-law was telling me when they, my brother and her were looking into having kids, um, like certain drugs and certain things aren't covered by Medicare, Mm. um, breastfeeding classes, which is, I didn't know were a thing. Um, (laughs) but all of that wasn't covered by Medicare, but then there's countries like the Netherlands and, uh, Norway, I'm pretty sure does it as well, where they've thrown everything into it. Like, I think, I think it's in Norway where when you have a kid, they actually give you like a package to take home. I think it's Norway. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, They have everything. It's one of the Nordic countries where they give you like a package of everything you're going to need in like the first month. And just so you don't have to worry about it. And it's a part of you having your child at a hospital. Um, Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all if it wasn't me. Those those countries have some of the best hospitals in the world is what I was going to say. And they have fully embraced. Yeah, but again, you couldn't couldn't convince someone from America or even some certain people from certain parties in Australia that that's the the correct way of doing things. Um, Again, usually it's people that have a lot more money than the general population do in their back pocket. But once um, your population so isn't afraid of, of going to the doctors out of debt, like once mm. being going to the doctors is a part of your culture, you have happier, healthier mm-hmm. people. I don't get where the logic yeah, of that is. Def- no, I, I don't either. Do I definitely stuff. don't understand it. But again, it's uh, again, it, it's all about keeping control of the general population. Essentially, that's the issue. It's, it's the animal farm kind of theory. Um. It, it's interesting Donald Trump doesn't understand the meaning of or the fact that Antifa isn't a group and is actually just a, a movement of sorts in that they don't want fascism. Trump seems to think that it's some sort of left-wing extremism. Um, again, the last debate told us that, um, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever because it basically, if you're not Antifa, means you're in favor of fascism. So does that mean that Trump likes fascism? Like, it doesn't... It, I don't think he understands what he's talking about. No, actually, it's not that I don't think he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand what he's talking about. Um, but alas, yes. So that's all all that stuff. Um, well, so but anyway, Antifa I think we should move on to our second of the week group. now. Sorry, can, sorry. Just going to say, Antifa no, they're not a group. Aren't an actual yeah. group. We, it's just yeah, a yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we, we touched upon we, the other week. Exactly. We, we spoke about it last uh, yeah. week or, or two weeks ago. The fact that Antifa <laughs> is not yeah. a group; it is a phrase, essentially. <laughs> anti-fascism and again it's if you are not fascism but but it's like it's like saying i'm a liberal it well means... well no but again it's it's if you're not anti-fascism are you pro-fascism then are you pro-tifa <laughs> well <laughs> are you anti- pro-tifa <laughs> it, no but, but it that's it pro-fa. it wouldn't be tifa, oh, anti and then oh yeah true anti, of course pro Profile. Well, well, again, does that mean that Trump is profile? Does he not understand? Again, it's a bit like his understanding of the term tariff and how tariffs work. He I seems think to be he thinks a it's a idiot. medication. I pro, don't know. Pro antifa. <laughs> yeah, no, they gave him some profile when he went in to get for his COVID stuff. So he's like, yeah, profile. I'm profile. No one antifa. I also um just quickly I saw a post the other day about someone talking about how. Um, they were basically, without naming the politician they were talking about, they spoke about all the awful things that they'd done, um, you know, suppressing the press, um, 
and, you know, trying to shut down certain forms of government and the way government works and everything like that. And what was interesting was then the first comment underneath was, um, how dare you make fun of, um, or they were basically like, are you proud of, of someone that would do this? And the first comment was, um, yes, I'm so proud of, of our president, Donald Trump. He's, a, he's amazing and he's doing amazing things. And the person responded saying, oh, I wasn't talking about Trump, I was talking about Hitler. <laughs> and they just spelled out exactly the things that Hitler did, and it was exactly the same. So it's very interesting that America is so stupid. The, the thing that they they once fought is what they are now becoming. I guess it's why we're seeing a lot of swastikas throughout America and white supremacists. Um, no, let's move on now, though, to our sick end of the week, and I think that's a very fitting sick end of the week. Of course, it was down to, up until this happened, it was looking like being the fly from the... <laughs> as as of last debate. night, it was the fly. Correct. Um, but since then, That's we've learned that uh, Conchata Farrell, uh, who played um, uh, Berta on Two and a Half Men, sadly passed away at 77 years old. She um, had um, she was in hospital basically since since January or something like that from a kidney infection, um, and it just didn't quit essentially and um she finally passed away from complications of that with a cardiac arrest so very sad to see her go i think she was probably my favorite character on two and a half men she was also in as as bianca said mentioned off air um beforehand she was in things like um edward scissorhands aaron brokovich um yeah so so i think it's very sad that she she passed away she's in la law i didn't know that. Okay. yeah she was and of course she was in the ranch too drew as you said as well you were right about that. Um, yeah. Poor, poor, yeah. Poor lady. Like, she's been in hospital for a while. And, like, mm. that, that's always a sad way to go. And, like, she wasn't in hospital during an easy time when hospitals were probably easy. Like, she, <sighs> no. even though she didn't have, she didn't have COVID, she probably couldn't have been, she probably wasn't allowed to see her family and had all the same restrictions put up on her because um, of COVID and it's just mm. not as not a good time to be in hospital no now um, her two co-stars on Two and a Half Men um, main co-stars Charlie Sheen and John Cryer had some things to say which was very nice um, Charlie Sheen tweeted an absolute sweetheart a consummate pro a genuine friend a shocking and painful loss Berta your housekeeping was a tad suspect your people keeping skills was perfect I thought that was very nice. Um, and then John, yeah, and then and then John Cryer um, said she was a beautiful human. Berta's gruff exterior was an invention of the writers. Chatty's warmth, Chatty being her her nickname, um, Chatty's warmth and vulnerability were her real strengths. I'm crying for the woman I'll miss and the joy she brought so many. I remember the first day on Two and a Half Men. It was our second episode, and I felt so lucky that they'd been able to cast her on the show. I gushed uh, gushed to her about what a fan I was of hers, and she simply refused to believe it. I had to recount one of my favourite bits um, of hers from a cancelled mid-70s sitcom called Hot El Baltimore before she finally got that I was serious. I'm glad that I absolutely knew how fortunate I was to share a stage with her. I treasured every moment and will continue... Uh, continue to until we meet again. I have a feeling she'll call me Zippy, which, of course, if you watch the show, that was the nickname that she gave um, John Cryer's character, Alan, on the show. Um, if you're so inclined, today would be a great day to check out her wonderful body of film work, Edward Scissorhands, Erin Brockovich, or some of her work from back in the day, like Network and the little screen gem Heartland with Rip Torn. 
My thoughts are with Arnie, Samantha, her family, and many students whose lives she touched at UCLA. 2020 is just merciless. Rest in peace, Concerta Ferrell. <clears throat> Lovely. Um, so I think Holland that she definitely Taylor. should be asked in a week. Holland yes. Taylor, who played um, uh, the Charlie's mother. mom. Yeah, Charlie's mom. Uh, retweeted that and wrote uh, something about, I, can't, I don't have it with me, but I remember reading it this morning about merciless is right like this has been a terrible year may she rest in peace like yeah she was also quite she Mm. said something else and i can't remember it i don't want to misquote her and be a dick but yeah she said something very lovely about um her passing and i'm trying to find the tweet anyway i probably won't be able to find it but yes go check it out holden taylor she is a lovely lady too Concerto Farrelly Rousey, Kent of the Week. Um, mm. Before we wrap up, does anyone have a film or a, a quote they want to hand on? I have a quote, but it is absolutely not one that the audience need to try and let us know what it's from. I, does anyone have a film quote, movie quote for what the quote? No, you go ahead, actually. off the top of my head. Okay, um, this is my quote. It's not one for your audience to have to try and work out what it's from. This is just a quote to leave you with. Um, if I make you breakfast in bed, a simple thank you will do. None of this... How did you get in my house business? Anyway, team. Uh, that was another episode. Excellent. Um, we believe that next week's episode will be Bianca's 30th consecutive episode. Remember several weeks ago we were trying to work out exactly what that was. Where it's either this episode or it's next week. If you're a keen listener, go back and listen to all 30 of them and tell us if, um, even just for a second, tell us if that's correct or not. Um, but until then, anyway, team, thank you. True. How do we Thank end you. the show? Yep.